This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown. It's time for a movie review. And what we haven't had a chance to do in a while is roll a trailer before the movie review. So allow me to offer up a little bit of pre-description for this trailer for the Netflix movie End of the Road, starring Queen Latifah. In the clip, a family travels on the road and stays the night over at the Sunset Motel. Oh boy, where some suspicious activity happens next door. They encounter a body and notice a bag tucked in a cupboard. The next day, the cops arrive to the scene and begin searching for the family who have already hit the road. So let's play that clip. Everybody just get some sleep. We got a long day ahead of us on the road tomorrow. Somebody throwing a party or something? No, no, no. This sounds like a fight. Look at me, sir. Look at me. Come on. Hang on. Hey. Where's the folks staying next door? Hey. There's a fortune in missing drug money. There's a whole world of danger. What did you do, Reggie? This money could save our lives. It can end our lives. Okay, all right. Getting some serious and no country for old men kind of vibes on this one. Let's bring in Amy Amanti to review the film. Hey, good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, Dave. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, too. So, I think we get an idea of what this movie's about based on that trailer. Did this film have you on the edge of your seat? Well, um, maybe. Perhaps there were moments where I was on the edge of my seat, but the creative team behind this particular film is trying to categorize a new genre, and they're calling the genre... I thought, I mean, it it seems really obvious, but they're calling this genre family-based action road trip thriller that's that's a lot of that's a lot of descriptors <laughs> right um to create i mean like we're used to uh, genres uh being very simplified but this is very complex and so they're trying to start a new genre so basically what we're looking at here is a little bit of thriller mixed with a little bit of like hallmark movie of the week mixed with a little bit of like afternoon special okay I actually think some of those other things may take away from the thriller action aspect of it, but that's, that's just me and and I haven't seen it yet. So what stood out to you as you took this movie in? Well, I think you probably hit the nail on on the head there with the, uh, the, the bits of the thriller that I was expecting there to be more thrill. Uh, but there is, you know, I mean, they're, they're, again, they're trying to package this all things for all people in a, in, in some kind of way, which I think is admirable. Truly, uh, we don't necessarily have enough movies that are something you can watch with your entire family. Um, what what stood out to me about this particular film is uh, the representation in this film. So I did some, you know, searching around of uh, who the creative team is: uh, producers, directors, executive producers, writers. Um, and this team, this uh, creative team, the cast is is predominantly 
uh, African-American folks. Um, so they're telling a, a black story. And this becomes really important because um, oftentimes the stereotype is that we've got uh, gangsters that are people of color. And the narrative here is switched. So your bad guys are white guys and your family is a black family. And so we're experiencing things that, that black folks experience in terms of racism. We're seeing that insidiousness of racism in this. And I think, you know, Dave, we t I talk about representation a lot uh, uh, when I'm reviewing movies, but I think that lens is so important and so much needed um, because there is this, this thing where white folks sometimes say, what do you mean racism? What are you experiencing? So this is that insidiousness of racism. It's, um, I, I don't want to say any more than that because I, I, for me, it was really, really impactful to be able to witness that through the telling of this story. Let's talk about the performances here. Queen Latifah yeah. is the big draw. I mean, we're talking now about almost 30 years in the industry uh, for Queen Latifah, whether it be TV shows or movies. How did this role suit her? Yeah, or music, right? Uh, also yeah. a musician. Yeah. Um, Queen Latifah um, is got this nice, well-rounded um, character where she's uh, a soft mother because she needs to be. She's a, uh, a recently widowed. It's not a spoiler. It's like very first moment of the, the movie. So she's taken her family across country and a part of this is supposed to be a bonding experience as they relocate to a new part of, of the country, right? So she's got this nice soft motherness, but then she's got this like fierce mama bear thing that comes out when it's absolutely necessary to come out. So I thought that that dynamic was was quite um, quite interesting. And then of course we also have Ludacris, who- Luda, uh, <laughs> Luda right? Chris Ludacris um, uh, in this film as well, playing the brother and Bo Bridges, who I haven't seen in a while in a lot of film or television um, in this as well. So, uh, you know, you got three big names here and, and they show up. Well, if you want to go platinum, Ludacris is the one you should get, 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 according to a Sierra song. <laughs> um, how was Ludacris's performance? How was Bo Bridges' performance? How were the other performances in this movie? Because it sounds like they were trying to accomplish a lot thematically. <clears throat> were the actors able to drive home those nails? Yeah, um, I think, yeah. Yeah, I would say to the most for the most part, I would say yes. Um, there's an interesting switch with Bo Bridges character, which um, you may sort of see coming because some of this is a little bit predictable. Uh, but then, you know, for me, I, what I noticed was the character switch. And that was really interesting from a from a, a, an acting perspective. Um, anytime you have dynamic characters, that's where the interest is. We want characters that are flawed that are dynamic, you know, if you have a one note character, eh, it gets kind of boring kind of quickly. So I would say all three of these characters are quite dynamic and, and the actors played them to the best of their abilities. And I, I really like um, Queen Latifah in this, especially because again, she's got a very, she is the most dynamic character, the most three dimensional character. What about the audio description? I know you've already mentioned that the lens that was already applied here was an inclusive lens. Did the mm -hmm. audio description meet that standard? It was a miss. The audio description was a miss. Um, and I think, again, when we talk about content that's really culturally important and culturally significant in storytelling, that diversity in the description becomes all that more important. So the characters reference their own blackness in some regard, but not at the very top of the film. So you're kind of getting you know, into it and you're thinking, okay, um, are, are they or aren't they or are they or aren't they? But there are a couple of moments where there is, um, and I'm referring it to as an insidious racism, um, it's in your face, but 
if you aren't able to see that it's a white character speaking to a black character, you may miss that in terms of the racism. And that's where I thought, um, as a, as a, as a, a listener, as, as opposed to a visual watcher of the film, that's where I missed out. And mm. I don't, I, I think that's, an, I think it's important that I understand those aspects of this film. And I, some of those were a miss for me. After the trailer, I mentioned that I got some No Country for Old Men vibes, uh, the movie mm -hmm. from 2007. Can't believe it's already been 15 years, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I would also say this maybe almost a little bit of a hell or high water vibe to this as well in terms of the being on the road, kind of being on the run, being pursued with money at stake. Would you mm -hmm. say that, that, that there's any comparison to those movies and this movie? If people liked those movies, are they going to get something similar from this? Or does the Saturday morning sort of after school special, I know I just merged uh, genres right there. <laughs> uh, I just mixed up my own metaphors on that one. Did some of that other messaging maybe take away from some of the storytelling that we got in No Country for Old Men or Hell or High Water? I would say that's a that's a tricky question uh, for me. Well, for what it's worth, I, yes. I just referenced Academy Award winning movies. Yeah. So like I, like that's yeah. the top of the genre. This is not an Academy Award nominee. Uh, I hope it isn't because I mean, it's, it's not that kind of caliber of film. Truly, um, it is what it is. You'll get value out of it for watching what it is. For me, I I kind of was when I when I clicked play, had thought it was going to be much more of what you were just referencing. Uh, that I would be on the seat of my pants the whole time. And, and um, so like, again, there's some of that, but there, it is a mixture of this, like, you know, wah, wah kind of, and even the way it's filmed, um, you get kind of that Hallmark vibe mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to, you know, like big 3D effects. And you know that this was a movie that, you know, cost a lot of money yeah. to make. I, yeah. I actually wonder, because as as you know, I have a lot of friends who are working in, in the Hallmark space or in the mm -hmm. Lifetime space. That That's where a lot of them are cutting their chops now, not just as actors, but directors and writers as well. Yeah. I wonder if perhaps it's become too easy to make a movie like that. that that's because well, that's what people are familiar with. That's what they know how to yeah. do. So when they're getting these opportunities to do something, they're making movies that maybe feel a little bit too much like that and not like a filmmaker's film. Well, you know, Hallmark has, uh, and I just, I just spent time at in Toronto at the uh, Content Canada conference. Um, thank you, AMI. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, and Hallmark was there, and they were talking very specifically about their, uh, like, their blueprint of how they create things. And I think we all know this that you, when you watch a Hallmark film, you kind of know exactly what's going to happen. They have the same blueprint, and that is their success. That is their recipe for success. We become very familiar with that format. Now, you throw in thriller in there, and you think to yourself, okay, this is not going to be a Hallmark-style movie, but then it kind of has that sort of sappiness to it mm. um, that is, uh, I don't know, it's kind of, I think, again, I think they tried to be all things to all people is what I think that they tried to yeah. do. And I think if they would have stuck to one particular genre, it would have been a more powerful film. It's it's a dangerous thing trying to please too many different tastes with these movies. Sometimes you really have to be particular, especially in an age where monoculture is dead. Uh, unless you make right. Top Gun. And when you make Top Gun, everybody's going to love your movie, uh, especially boys. <laughs> uh, Amy, I think, I think maybe we've given this away a little bit here in our meanderings, but what would you rate End of the Road out of 10? I gave it a 7 and a half out of 10. I think there's some really redeeming things in here for folks. And I think that in terms of representation, it's the kind of movie that white folks need to watch. I really, I really do. Um, but you know, take it with a grain of salt. 
there's a little bit of sappy, sappy, sappy in there. All right. Understood <laughs> and well taken. Well said. Amy, thank you for this. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> That's Amy Amanti with a review of the movie End of the Road, which you can find on Netflix. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.